Quick reminder, don't forget you have until November 24th to enter our SparkJoy giveaway. We'll announce our winners during our best of show on December the 1st. Head over to sparkjoypodcast.com forward slash iTunes for instructions on how to leave a star rating and written review for the show. Then send us an email to contact at sparkjoypodcast.com to let us know you've left a review. Be sure to include your iTunes username for a chance to win one of three coveted Kanmari themed prize bundles that will definitely spark joy in celebration of our three-year anniversary. Welcome to Spark Joy, the podcast dedicated to celebrating the Kamari method and the transformative power of surrounding yourself with joy and letting go of all the rest. With your hosts and certified Kamari consultants, Kristen Ivey and Karen Sochi. And now, here's the show. Today, we're going to explore a sensitive but very relevant aspect of home organization managing your legacy, including vital information and end-of-life planning. Our guest today helps families make end-of-life plans and decisions so they can focus on what truly matters in the end. People, not paperwork. Karen Purs is creator of lifeinmotionguide.com. When Karen's parents both got sick suddenly and simultaneously, she helped them make difficult choices about health, housing, finances, and everything else as they gradually lost their independence. She's on a mission to make it easier for others to get their personal information organized. Welcome to Spark Joy, Karen. Thank you. I'm so glad to be here. Karen, we're going to get really practical here today and discuss how to organize our most important information. But before we do, your brand, Life in Motion, stems from a very personal story and struggle that you have had yourself. So let's start there. Can you tell us a little bit about the path that has led you to helping people and families make end-of-life plans and decisions? Sure, sure. I mean, as you mentioned, my parents both got sick at the same time, and we were completely unprepared for either one of them, really, to be sidelined. We had basically no warning. Unlike you and your listeners, they weren't trying to live an organized, minimalist life. They were out there living a very active, social, spontaneous life with little thought for the future or anything like this. And it really led to a lot of scrambling, particularly after my mother was disabled by a stroke in 2012. That emergency really kind of spun our family into a little bit of turmoil because she was really the one that kind of kept their life in motion. So she handled all their household accounts. You know, my dad had some involvement in like the long-term investments, but not the day-to-day financial management of their house. And she had this stroke and then she was in the hospital for four months. During that time, we had to take over every aspect of household management and all the rest of that. And she just kind of managed it implicitly. Like she knew what she was doing and she knew where things were and none of it was apparent to anybody else. (laughs) So Mm -hmm. That was just really one example of all of one of many different things that we had to to learn along the way that I feel like could have been a lot easier and more importantly, really provided me some relief if it had been better organized. And I say that because when we finally did get it organized, I really had such a profound like 
peace of mind and was able to relax and actually be a daughter again and not sort of taskmaster trying to get everything in order. None of what, what I was doing, most of it could have been done at any point. And so that was really what led me to start Life in Motion Guide to sort of make it easier for people to know where to start and what to do. So it was really your own personal experience that led you to recognizing that there were other people in the world, for sure, that had this issue as well. Absolutely. And I think a lot of people, when they go through this, try and forget it as soon as possible. And so I found that when I was, even when I was asking my parents' friends or my friends were almost too young to give any guidance in the sense that they hadn't had to go through it and they weren't giving it much thought themselves. But even my parents' friends had gone through it with their parents and were like, yeah, I don't, I don't, they didn't really have much to offer me in terms of advice or support. Yeah, I think it's something that so many people go through but it's not necessarily a task that we prioritize because usually it's not super comfortable or it can seem a little bit overwhelming. Mm -hmm. You've mentioned some of the reasons why it's so important to get organized around our life matters. Yeah. You know, having that peace of mind and not inadvertently passing a burden on to our loved ones during that sensitive time. Are there other reasons why it's really important to get organized this way? Sure. I mean, I think there's two big ones. One, I, you kind of hit on it a little bit. I feel like it's our responsibility as adults to like not leave a mess for other people to clean up. You know, I spend a decent part of my day asking the little people that I live with to pick up their socks, put away their dishes, to <laughs> generally take care of themselves. And I feel like having no legacy plan is a little like the adult version of leaving your dishes in the sink for someone else to handle. And I think we're all pretty unaware of what it takes to keep our lives in motion on a day-to-day -day basis. Like we accumulate an account here and we subscribe to a service there. It just works. You know, nobody has to know what we know until something happens or we need help. So that's really the first reason. And the other one is, and this is a big one, we're living longer. The average person in the U.S. and Canada is likely to live over nine years in poor health. Wow. That was from a report that was published in August by um, AgeWave and Edward Jones. So if you think about it, what's happening during those years? Most often, people are going to be living at home with help from family or from paid caregivers. And being organized facilitates prolonged independence by making it easier for others to help us. I think those are two big reasons why it's important. That's a really long time to be thinking about not only managing your own health, but if you aren't feeling great or you do have an illness, such as the ones that your parents experienced, mm -hmm. the last thing you want to be worried about is, you know, where's all the paperwork? And yeah. at least having that part of your life organized at least will give you the ability to be focused on things that are more important, like getting healthy and yeah. enjoying your life. And, you know, what's the point of living long if you aren't able to enjoy it. So right. getting that concern off the table, I think is something really important. You must know this from organizing, but you know, it's in some ways, it's a little bit of a lift to get the systems in place. But once they're there, the maintenance is not that bad. Well, now you've convinced us that this is definitely <laughs> something we all need to be thinking about. If someone is thinking about getting started and they are practicing KonMari as kind of their guide, Mm -hmm. what should they start thinking about as far as gathering or organizing their vital information? In other words, I guess, where does getting organized in your life and your home intersect with 
getting organized with life planning? Well, I'm not a KonMari expert, but I do think there's a category called papers, right? Yes. Yep. Right. So I think that's a really good place to start getting in this mindset. In my book, I share inventories that can help help people determine what papers need to be gathered and kept. And I think that's a good place to start is just sort of start gathering the the papers and then figuring out what needs to be kept and what needs to be shared. I think that's one thing that people sometimes miss is this idea of it's not enough to just gather this information or store it in the case of important documents, but you also need to share it, share your decisions, share your information, share access to whoever's going to be there, you know, by your side if something happens. The question, does it spark joy, is a simple one, but not so easy to execute alone. Extend your tidying experience by joining the Spark Joy Club, our online community filled with our clients, fellow listeners, and Kamari enthusiasts ready to support your journey. If you find yourself buried under clothing, stuck on storage, or pointing fingers at untidy housemates or family members, we want to help you finish your tidying journey once and for all. Support the show at the Joy Riser level and receive access to our exclusive virtual community, as well as the Tidy Home Joy Journal, your number one tidying companion. Visit sparkjoypodcast.com and click on Join the Club to get started. And now back to the show. Karen, I was so excited to find you. I've (laughs) been on this quest to reach the end of my personal to-do list this year. And there's much longer backstory. So I'll make sure to link that context in the show notes. Mm -hmm. I'm basically playing a big game of catch up. And as of this recording, I have about five tasks left on my personal to-do list. And the last one is legacy management. I wrote that in very generically there. I had no idea what it would look like or where to begin. And I started to look for resources and I couldn't find exactly what I thought that I needed. I imagine that I'm probably not the only one who is super overwhelmed (laughs) when it comes to organizing life matters. So it can be intimidating and really emotional not to mention, it's not something that you necessarily you know, look forward to doing. Can you share some tips when it comes to getting started? Sure. I mean, first of all, I love that you're thinking about this. And I love that you've made yourself publicly accountable with that list. I think that's fantastic. I recommend everyone start by creating an emergency plan. So planning for a medical emergency. We can't predict, but we can prepare, right? I'm sure you've heard that on your, you've heard that before, right? Yeah. So there are two aspects to that. One is there's a medical side of things, and then there's a household side of things. And if you're overwhelmed, I think starting by thinking about that household side Mm -hmm. is a good place to start because it's a little less emotional, right? Yeah. So I start by imagine what someone would need to manage your household if you ran off to a remote Hawaiian island for a month. Little warning, you've decided to go. It's a bucket list item. You're just doing it, right? Mm -hmm. Now imagine you need them to let the plumber in to shut off the water because you're not coming back for three more months. Hmm. Who is this person? Who's this person that you trust to handle this? How are they going to get into your house? Do they know where to pick up the mail? Do they know how to feed your cat if you have one? You know, step outside yourself and imagine you're in their shoes and then write down everything they need to know. I love that example because it involves going to a, an island, but right? also because, <laughs> um, but also because it's, it just gets you to really think objectively about, you know, what are those things that 
only we have in our minds that we have not communicated to others. And so it's so important to get that out. And on paper, Mm -hmm. often when I'm working with clients, they say, you know, just tell me what to do first, or I need you to tell me what to do next. And Mm -hmm. that's exactly what I was looking for when I came across your life in motion guide. Mm -hmm. And this tool is so amazing. I love it, first of all, because it's hard copy. It's a binder, which I think like this particular type of information, it's so important to have in that format, or at least a Mm -hmm. copy of it in that format. I mean, so much of our life is digital, but yeah, it's invisible. When it's digital, it's invisible. And that's, that's a real, real struggle. Cause you know, you used to be your attorney would tell you like, save everything for a month and then come talk to me and we'll sort it out. Right. That won't work anymore. (laughs) Not at all. Right. The other thing I loved about it is it's super bright and colorful. (laughs) So it doesn't say like end of life binder. And it's like this dark, sad thing. (laughs) It says life in motion on the front and it has these beautiful colored tabs that's so organized and well thought out. I just love how it's bright. It would be easy for someone to find. And, yeah. you know, if they know what life in motion means, because we were organized and we told them in advance, then yeah. they would be able to <laughs> put their hands on it. And it's super thorough. I mean, it has everything from what are your email passwords to like, what does your grave marker look like? You know, like it is so <laughs> detailed, which I love. But you also mentioned you intentionally created it to be flexible, which I really like. Everything in there is printed on one side of the page individual pages so that you can move things around easily. There's no page numbers. You can add things or you can recognize that maybe you don't have to get as detailed with certain categories as you might think because it just doesn't apply. So I'd love to hear more about what inspired you to uh, create this resource because I just absolutely love it. It's exactly what I was looking for. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. Part of the reason that I did it was, as I said, I was helping my parents and I got to a point where I was managing all of my household, all of my accounts and all the rest of that. And I was like, I did not want to put their information in with mine, but I couldn't manage it in my head. Right. And so I started to create essentially like a a file for all this stuff. And in my case, when I do not recommend this, I was like gathering this stuff with each new crisis or each new thing I forgot about and didn't know about this and didn't know about that. And I created it because of that feeling when it was done. Yeah. You know, that that ability that I had once it was done to just sit and hang out with my parents and not walk through a task list and to kind of enjoy at a time when I knew that time was limited. That was why I created it. I saw some other products that were around, you know, sometimes they were things that maybe a financial planner gave away for free or, you know, an attorney might give you and everything was from kind of their point of view. You know, like in order to help you with your financial advice, I need to know all of your accounts and all the values and all this and all that. And I was like, that's not really what I wanted here. I wanted just enough to create a roadmap. I don't need to write down the physical address of the bank. Like, don't give me a spot on the form for that. (laughs) (laughs) I need to know what bank, what the account number is, if it's solely owned by me, and I need to know the web address and the username. Like, that's it. I was just trying to find just like just the right amount so that people could know kind of where to go, who to talk to and get enough information so that they could have a productive conversation once they made the call. But I hope you found, and then the reason I call it life in motion is that a lot of this information is 
living information that you use kind of pretty regularly. So, you know, it's, if you were moving, my dream is that somebody would say, and this is, I've done this before where I was moving and I pulled out the life emotion guy. So, okay, I got to change that account, that account, that account. Mm -hmm. I'm going to cancel that. I'm going to switch this one. And it, this is something that can then just sort of work over time and help you, you know, live your life and manage your information long before anything bad happens. Oh my gosh. I'm so glad you mentioned that because I would have never thought to use it during that transition moment. And that makes so much sense because when I moved here from Virginia, I had at least 25 different things on my list of things that needed to be changed. There was so much work. And I remember making that list and keeping it. It's in a journal and in Uh the little bit of space I dedicate for paper in my office. And I kept it because I was like, I never want to have to make this list again. It was just thing after thing. I kept thinking, oh, yeah, I got to change that. I got to change my address. There's so many places where our address shows up and, yeah, you know, you end up doing it. And if, if you don't remember them all, you're almost doing it over multiple years and you've already like moved, you know. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I never thought of using it that way. So, yeah, that's a great point. Mm-hmm. I really like that idea of having it be something that grows and changes with you because when you think about all of those things that can change, I mean, just getting locked out of your bank account and resetting your password, Mm -hmm. you know, I was just thinking that I keep my master password in a safe deposit box. That's how we decided to kind of keep it, not just for us, but for the people that are kind of in charge of, Mm -hmm. you know, if something happens to us. And I just realized how quickly that could change. I mean, you know, you get locked out of a, your bank account and you change your password and then you just go on and right. you don't think about, well, what does this mean? Do I need to change it somewhere else? And Exactly. I, that's a good point, though. Kristen mentioned that there's a place for email passwords in my uh-huh. book. There, there actually aren't. There's no place for passwords in the book, partly because of what you just said. Ah. They change so frequently. Oh. And also because I don't think that's a secure way to keep this information. So I recommend that people use a password manager, but you could also use a password protected Excel file or something like that that you store in the cloud or on your hard drive. That's that's what I recommend for passwords. Such a good point. Yeah. In your guide, you talk about some of the must-haves or that this idea that if you take care of nothing else, when our listeners walk away from this episode, if they do nothing else, what are some of the most absolutely essential things to focus on as far as getting your legacy in order? Can you give us a few examples of some of the things that you think are the most important? One of them kind of follows on with the, the question we asked earlier about like, what should you do first is that medical emergency plan. We talked about the household part of that, but the other part of that is the medical part. So get a medication list in order, get the healthcare information together And, and this is the big one, and this is maybe sometimes where the emotion comes in, you also need to assign someone to be a medical decision maker for you. So who do you trust to make life or death decisions on your behalf? Hmm. Some people get stuck right there because they don't realize that the state already has made these choices for you. They've decided in what order your healthcare surrogate should be chosen. Only by creating advanced directives can you override those defaults. So I recommend that people create a healthcare power of attorney, which is a document that assigns an agent or a a proxy to act on your behalf in case you are incapacitated or at the end of your life. And then a living will tells that person and the healthcare providers, it tells them what your preferences are and what your wishes are. So that healthcare power of attorney and a living will together are called advanced directives. Sometimes those are two documents, sometimes they're one, 
But the main thing is that you want a medical decision maker and you want that person to know what your values and preferences are for the care at the end of life. Those are legal documents. They're not in the book. You can find those online or work with an attorney on those. But the other one that I suggest is it's a really important legal document called the power of attorney. And that's sometimes called the financial power of attorney. It employs a person or an agent called an agent to act on your behalf for legal, financial, and property matters, along with a will or a trust. Those are core estate planning documents that, you know, if you don't get around to writing down what bank you use or what life insurance you have or some of these things, you know, those can be kind of serious oversights that cost your family time. But if you don't have these other documents, the legal ones that give your delegates authority to act, then you're relying on whatever the state says, you know, whatever the law says for who can act on your behalf. And and a lot of people, the defaults are not the right people for them. And so that's why I, I kind of encourage people to think about like, you do have an estate plan, you know, unless you wrote it, <laughs> it's the <laughs> state that wrote it. So mm-hmm. think about that, I guess, is is what I would say, you know, if you do nothing else, at least get the legal infrastructure so that you have some delegates assigned with the authority to act. And I guess it probably changes from state to state. So that makes it even more complicated. So you might think that, you know, things might be a certain way in the state that you are in now, but it could change if, well, I guess for a lot of different reasons, if you end up having care in another state or or if you're, you know, if you're older and you spend part of the year in one state and part of the year in another, it's worth right. knowing, you know, it's worth getting some advice about, you know, how that impacts your estate planning. I'm struck with how some of the things that are most critical are things that are most time consuming and may even require consulting with another professional. Do you find that that's one of the reasons that people resist sitting down and doing this? I mean, aside from the fact that it's, you know, nobody wants to think about these things, right? Well, I would challenge on the time because any attorney could do these documents in hours. It doesn't take a lot of time. What takes time is the decisions. And I think people get stuck on how to make those decisions. You know, I talked to a woman who had four children and she didn't know who to choose as her healthcare power of attorney. Things like that, you know, so on my side, I actually have a decision matrix for how do you pick what are the good characteristics of somebody to be your delegate? But that idea of like, how do you actually do it? How do you find a lawyer? How do you, you know, kind of execute the documents? Those are the things that people get stuck on. I think a lot of people also get stuck on this idea that like, they feel like they should have really strong opinions about what their end of life care should look like. And I thought that I thought that when I was when I was doing this for the first time, actually, the first time I did it, I sort of didn't pay attention at all. I was really quite young. I was going into the Peace Corps and they required us to have some of these documents. And so I read them, but the obvious choice when I'm 21 was my parents. So I didn't give it much thought. But, you know, when I'm older now, you know, with a family thinking about these things, I thought I would have really strong preferences, but I had a discussion with my husband and, and he was sort of like, you can't plan for everything. So, you know, unless you have really strong preferences, it's okay to tell the person that, that knows you and that they can make those decisions. Mm -hmm. So one of the ideas that that it takes a lot of time, I would call that a myth. Um, You were asking like, what are some of the common mistakes? I think you can talk to any lawyer or financial planner and you'll hear stories about missing beneficiaries. So, and when I, I know that I, when I started really focusing on this for myself, I found beneficiaries on rarely used accounts. I hadn't changed since I got married. So besides forgetting beneficiaries altogether, another thing people lose track of is updating 
beneficiaries and updating documents when life changes. We're all spending a bit more time at home these days for the health and safety of ourselves, our family, and our community. Are you feeling a little too close to your clutter for comfort? Maybe you're buried under stuff in the home office or craft space, or you're trying to carve out dedicated space for work or homeschool in your basement or on your dining room table. Or maybe you've noticed just how much time you're wasting looking for important papers and emails instead of shifting your time, energy, and resources towards the things that truly matter. During quarantine, my number one priority is to get as many people as possible clutter-free and prepared for the other side of this challenging season. If you're regularly asking yourself, where should I put this? Or am I letting go of enough? Or am I even doing this right? As you can Mari, a customized virtual tidying experience may be the perfect next step for you. While stay-at-home ordinances are activated, I'm continuing to offer virtual Kanmari-based active tidying lessons, including a tidy desk special, perfect for those working or learning from home. Visit ForTheLoveOfTidy.com and click Free Consult to discuss the various virtual organizing options available to help you dig out and choose joy once and for all. I would think another aspect of legacy management that could seem kind of overwhelming, um, not as emotional, but maybe time consuming, mm-hmm. is uh, the essential item that you mentioned in your binder, of how to access your house, phone, computers, and email. What's the best way to tackle that? I do recommend having a password manager that, that allows you to give someone emergency access. So I have my husband signed as my emergency access. When he triggers that with the company, then he will have access to my passwords and also any secure notes. Like we can share notes with each other that a good one that I have that has helped me a lot because it means that I'm not the only one that can fill out school forms is I have a, you know, I have a secure note in there that has the kids social security numbers in their school ID numbers or whatever, like stuff like that. That's also a good place to put that, you know, put a lock code for your phone, like document the things that shouldn't be like sitting around the house, Mm -hmm. but you want someone to have access to in an emergency. And if you do want to write it down on a piece of paper, then maybe you don't store it in your own home. You know, maybe you store that with your attorney or with, I think Karen mentioned that she's got hers in a lockbox at her bank or, you know, even at your brother's house. And whatever, whatever feels right for you, as long as it's not really easy for someone to get access to if they have access to your home. Well, we definitely explored how to organize the end of our life and our own matters, putting ourselves in order. But just like with tidying, it can be hard to help our loved ones through the process of organizing their legacy or even starting the conversation. Do you have any tips to help us jumpstart that process for our parents, loved ones, dependents who may not be able to manage it themselves? Yes, I suggest you do it with them. So often we want our parents to do this, maybe out of concern that we'll be left with the, you know, proverbial dirty dishes, or maybe it's seems more important because they're older. But the reality is we all need to do this. And so one of the most effective ways and that I think to get started is create a group or challenge your family and do it together. 
And then I, I do also have feedback from several customers that the book has been a great conversation starter. It's it's gives them an opening to start that conversation with their parents. So I do have a lot of people that have bought more than one copy so that they can have one and then also help their parents with one. Hmm. Stocking stuffer. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we talked a little bit about this idea of maintenance. Mm -hmm. How often should someone revisit their information after it's gotten organized? I mean, obviously, if you know something's changed, Right. Or you've, you know, your life insurance policy has changed or, you know, there's new members in your family or Mm -hmm. members that are no longer in your family or whatever the case may be. But what about just checking in to make sure everything's, you know, up to date and relevant? Yeah. I mean, I think an annual review is a good idea, particularly if someone like a lot of your listeners, if someone is working to progressively simplify their life and eventually that goes to their digital life and their financial life and all of that, it's going to, you know, you'd be surprised how much changes in a year. So especially if you're being conscious about the way that you're, you're living your life and and a lot of your listeners are. So I would say annually, annually, and when obvious, you know, big things change in your life. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I think that a lot of people at their tidying journeys really recognize that maybe they don't need 10 different credit cards or four different bank accounts for different reasons. And they start discarding and letting go of some of those things that they've held on to for a long time. And I think that's all part of getting your life organized. Yeah. And as you know, there's just a relief to that too, where there's just, it starts to feel lighter and lighter and easier to manage. And that is a natural thing that starts happening. When you sit down to write down 11 different 401k accounts or whatever, you have to be really old and very mobile in the workforce to have that. But I had four you know, and that's when you say, okay, wait, I'm not going to write this down. I'm going to call that place and roll it over so that I have one less account. Right. It so it does trigger some of that. Kind of reminds me of how I recently cataloged all of the clothes in my closet and I was taking a picture of each one and some of them I was like, oh, this isn't even important enough to take a picture. And then I just <laughs> let it go. So it's something about getting really, you know, close and aware of what you have, whether it's in your closet or in your life binder that really puts things into perspective. (laughs) That's a good example. Well, and I I think that we can all attest that there is nothing that reduces anxiety more than feeling like you have a handle on what is going on in your own life. It really gives you a perspective and allows you to go on and do things that you want to be able to do and not worry about what your to-do list looks like or what is hanging out there or what bill you've forgotten to pay and all those other things. And so definitely a good strategy to to think in terms of organizing our life that is not necessarily material things as well. We'd love to know of all of your great tips, what is your favorite legacy organizing tip? My favorite, I think, is just don't think of this as something you have to do or as something that you're doing for yourself. Put yourself in the shoes of the people that you love and trust the most, the people who are going to be left behind, and do it for them. That's why I love this, how it seamlessly marries with Kanmari, because Kanmari is all about self, self self-care, self-compassion, self-awareness, and this just dovetails so nicely you're moving on to shifting the focus on how your life impacts others. Well, speaking of life and joy and impacting others, what's sparking the most joy for you these days, Karen? 
No, I just moved back into my apartment in Chicago after like a four month long construction project. And I have fresh paint on the walls and I was able to reorganize some rooms in a way that just feels better. And I'm just really enjoying being back home. Do you have any parting words of wisdom for our listeners? I do. I would just encourage people, you don't have to do all this at once. Start with that medical emergency plan, get it done, and then take the rest of it just one small step at a time. Well, that's exactly where I'm at. With that. <laughs> Good. Oh, the only task that stands between me and the end of the year. So you can do it. I will take this conversation and use it as motivation to get it done. Karen, where can our listeners find you? You can find me on the web at lifeinmotionguide.com or you can search for Life in Motion Guide on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, or Instagram. Perfect. And you have a special offer exclusively for SparkJoy listeners? I do. Anybody who wants 15% off of the Life in Motion Guide can use the code SPARK15 in the Life in Motion Guide shop. Thank you so much, Karen, for joining us today and helping us put the end of our life matters in order and really keep our life in motion, which is even more important. Putting this vital information in order anytime in our lives. It's good to be organized around these matters. Thanks so much for joining us. Thank you. I really appreciate it. Thanks again. So now we want to hear from you. Tell us your burning tidying questions or share stories about how Kanmari has impacted your life. Head over to Apple Podcasts to subscribe and review the show, which helps us reach others along their tidying journeys. To extend your tidying experience, you can join the Spark Joy Club. Visit sparkjoypodcast.com and click join the club to become a member of the Spark Joy community or join us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Thanks for tuning in, and we hope your day sparks joy. Thank you for listening to Spark Joy with your hosts, Kristen Ivey of For the Love of Tidy in Chicago and Karen Sochi of The Serene Home in New York City. Spark Joy, the podcast, is not endorsed by or affiliated with Kamari Media, Inc. The opinions expressed on this episode represent the views of the co-hosts and guests alone and do not represent the corporate position of Kamari Media, Inc. or the Kamari Consultant Community.